Welcome to The Wave Strength. Innovative pension solutions for a secure retirement. Presented by Pacific Life. Hi, and welcome to today's podcast of The Wave Strength. My name is Shay Freitas, and I am the digital media strategist for Pacific Life's institutional division. And with me today is my good friend and colleague, Dr. Chi Sun. Chi is actually our financial economist here in the institutional division. And Chi, it is such a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Chi. Nice to be here today. So hello, everyone. My name is Chi, and I'm the financial economist for the institutional division. And I'm very glad to join today's podcast and very excited about that. Yeah, awesome. And Chi, I know we're launching a financial IQ newsletter series with you, which we're super excited about. And our first article is actually talking about happiness and retirement. And here's what the research says. And you did some extensive research on this topic. But before we get started, Mm -hmm. you have an incredibly impressive academic background. And I would love it if you could share that background and education with our with our listeners. Yeah, sure. So I got my bachelor degree in corporate finance, and after that, I can't you know looking for an internship at those kind of you know mutual fund company, you know those kind of big names. And I realized that okay, this is a cool job, but I really really want to get closer to individual family. So that's why when I started looking my uh, graduate level. Uh, degree program, I kind of find this interesting major called personal financial planning. So that's the time I kind of joined uh, the personal financial planning field. I got my master's degree in personal financial planning from University of Missouri, Columbia, and I continue the same major uh, to my doctorate degree. So I just uh, newly graduated last December from uh, my doctorate program from Texas Tech University. And it is actually a really interesting story how you found your way to Pacific Life. Do you mind sharing that? Yeah, so I I kind of, you know, I never, never had the initial thoughts to join industry. I was imaging myself to be a future, you know, university uh, professor. And I realized that one day I just searched uh, through LinkedIn, like, okay, because I want to find something closely related to my research interests. So I just searched pension retirement planning and this job actually popped up and I applied this job and I got accepted so I'm, I was very very excited to find that this is a perfect fit between me and the Pacific Life and you know I'm very happy to join and I'm happy, very happy to be here today. Yeah we love having you Chi and it's so interesting you know typically people that are in academia stay in academia they typically become tenured professors yeah. but just with your own personal interests you found a great fit here at Pacific Life and we're so happy to have you. And I know that your research really ties into what we're going to talk to today. So we're talking about retirement satisfaction. And in the article, you talk about how this satisfaction reflects the level of psychological well-being of the retiree. So I wanted to ask you, Chi, what factors in the retirement process create these successful outcomes in retirement? Yes. So this is actually an awesome opening question for today's conversation. So I would say for general population, a lot of people in this country kind of, you know, blame their life to 
a key point that I do not have enough money. So from the other hand, we can treat that uh, we can treat that they think money can bring them happiness. Actually, I would say this is from one hand, this is actually correct. Uh, past research find that economic resources uh, contribute to people's overall well-being. But this is not a whole story because there's other research actually find that uh, the happiness, the level of happiness and economic resource is a non-linear relationship, which means there's a certain, certain cutting point. And after you're reaching that cutting point, the money cannot bring you the same level of happiness as it did before. So, which means after this certain cutting point, there are many other factors could contribute to your overall financial well-being. So, I think I remember there's a paper I also mentioned in the blog post that uh, from Ken Spender. He specifically mentioned that economic well-being is only one dimension of the overall well-being. So there are many factors could influence your overall financial satisfaction. Yeah, that's really interesting. And in the article, you mentioned everyone is different and everyone's unique experiences of that retirement transition process. It does lead to various levels of retirement satisfaction. And you mentioned something really interesting. You talk about how men and women have different experiences in retirement. Do you mind speaking to that? Yeah, so I guess this is the old topic, but also a new topic. So we heard this sentence, I would say, many times ago, like men are from Mars and the women are from Venus, yeah. right? I think this is the same story for retirement satisfaction because we are just percept things differently. So for example, research find that those kind of economic resources such as uh, your income, you know, how much money you have in your saving account, how large is your house, could be the main contributor to men's financial satisfaction, but not women's. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, research find out that, you know, for married couple, they're more likely to feel satisfied about their retirement life and compared to divorced people. And this is kind of makes sense, right? Because we're human beings we kind of naturally seek those kind of you know emotion company uh even though we have enough money we still seek this emotional company right yeah yeah Yeah, that's really interesting and you also talk that retirement satisfaction changes during retirement and there's this five-year mark and then this 10-year mark so what's the difference between those two yeah, so I guess this is, um, I would say, the key point that I want to share to the general audience through this blog post. This is actually a finding from my recent research. Uh, it's very interesting to see that there is a significant job of retirement satisfaction after the first five retirement years. Um, there are many factors could possibly explain why this job happened, uh, but I'm thinking that probably because, you know, people get used to their retirement life, um, you know, they just feel like, okay, this is the realist daily life I have so far, and then they kind of start missing their old working days, you mm-hmm. know, missing those kind of elevator talks happening every day. So this kind of uh, change make them feel like, oh, the retirement life is not as good as I saw before. So that's kind of we see this job for retirement satisfaction. And also you mentioned that an interesting thing is we see that the retirement satisfaction level returns back to the original level 
uh, after like the five years and kind of return back, uh, I would say probably around the 10 years. Mm -hmm. So um, there is actually, I would say uh, academic terminology can, can explain this phenomenon is called hedonic adoption. It's basically, it seems like a really, you know, weird terminology, it's but it's a very simple, it, it, it explains a very simple phenomenon. It basically means that there are some positive or negative event happened around people and it, those men could bring positive or negative impact on people's uh, happiness level but eventually all things gonna went through and people will return back to their original happiness level so it's if we link this back to our retirement satisfaction story you can see it's exactly what I found from this research right people feel the the satisfaction level job and then go back and you call this the reference point. So how can mm -hmm. people manage those expectations properly going into retirement so they're not disappointed later on? Yeah, so that is actually another very interesting theory. It's actually from the price winner, um, Tavaski and Carmen. So they call this uh, reference-dependent preference theories. Basically means people evaluate their situation relative to a reference point. And this is a reference point is actually critical in terms of retirement satisfaction because it means that people do not individually evaluate, evaluate, the, evaluate their retirement satisfaction. They kind of evaluate evaluate their retirement life comparing to a reference point. This point can be their pre-retirement life. Mm -hmm. It can be the retirement life they expect it to be. So if that's the fact, if people expect to have a really fancy, you know, uh, luxury retirement life, and they found out that they just live in a normal daily retirement life, this could bring their uh, unhappy, even though Objectively speaking, their retirement life quality is still good. They still will feel unhappy about retirement life because they have this unrealistic reference point. So that's why I mentioned that transfer part of your retirement asset into lifetime income product could actually help you to find this realistic reference point because you will have a very straightforward and clear understanding about how much you are going to receive after retirement, how your retirement life gonna look like, right? Yeah, and that's actually a really great transition point, Chi. So I wanted to ask you, what are the benefits of transferring part of that retirement portfolio into that lifetime income product? Yeah, so I would say the key uh, features for lifetime income product is you will understand your future retirement income stream uh, very clear and straightforward. So we'll know that, okay, this, this income stream will last for the rest of your life. So you don't have those kind of gap between your reference point and the real retirement life you're gonna have in your life, right? So this is, I would say, the key uh, benefit for having lifetime income product. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Well, Chi, is there anything else you wanna cover about your article? Uh, I would say this is a really good experiment to, to have this blog post and I just look forward to having more in the future. And you know, this is the opening session for this retirement satisfaction series. and. Um, yeah, just very excited about the following post. Yeah, us too. We're so excited to have you. You are a wealth of knowledge in this area, and we're looking forward to more content. So, Chi, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. And okay. thank you so much for tuning in today. We'll see you next time. Yes. 
This has been another episode of The Wave Strength, presented by Pacific Life. Don't forget to catch us on YouTube and make sure to subscribe. Although this podcast is presented by Pacific Life, the opinions and views expressed are those of the hosts and participants and do not necessarily reflect Pacific Life's views on any of the topics discussed. Pacific Life is a product provider. It is not a fiduciary and therefore does not give advice or make recommendations regarding insurance or investment products. Pacific Life, its affiliates, its distributors, and respective representatives do not provide any employer-sponsored qualified plan administrative services or impartial advice about investments and do not act in a fiduciary capacity for any plan. Pacific Life refers to Pacific Life Insurance Company, Newport Beach, California, and its affiliates, including Pacific Life and Annuity Company. Insurance products are issued by Pacific Life Insurance Company in all states except New York and in all states by Pacific Life and Annuity Company. Product availability and features may vary by state. Each insurance company is solely responsible for the financial obligations accruing under the products it issues. This podcast was recorded on May 6th, 2022.